Hi, I'm Diane Hullett, and welcome to the Best Life, Best Death podcast. Today, I'm here with a really interesting guest who I think is going to touch all of our hearts, at least all of those of us who've had animals in our lives at any point. I'm talking today with Kayla Nakano of the Rainbow Bridge Connection podcast. Hi, Kayla. Hi. I'm excited to have you here. And I guess I got Kayla's name from Gabby Jimenez of the Hospice Heart. And when I reached out to Gabby, I was like, hey, Gabby, who who's the person to talk to about pet loss? And she said, you know, give give Kayla a, an email and see if you guys can connect. So we we reached out and I just think this is such a big topic for people. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Kayla, like you mentioned before. Um, I started Rainbow Bridge Connection podcast um, with my co-host, uh, who actually no longer is with uh, the podcast, but we saw a huge disparity um, in society with understanding of grief of animal loss, companion animal loss. And so we wanted to have um, a podcast based strictly on companion animal loss, how to navigate through it, um, and to know that there's like a community out there that feels the same way that you do and that we understand what's going on. So great. So you've been doing this for some time. And you, I think one of the things I'd love to hear, but let's do it later, is is like sort of what are, what do your podcasts contain? Because I think there's, there's way more than you and I can cover in 20, 25 minutes. Um, but what do you think is important for people to know about pet loss? Um, I think the biggest takeaway and the biggest thing that I would like everybody to know is that it is absolutely normal. And that there's no specific way to grieve the loss of a companion animal. Um, you are allowed to grieve as long, as hard, and as, um, I'm trying to think of the word, as long and as hard as you as you possibly can feel it. And, and then it's a normal thing. It's a normal process. Just as you would grieve a human, you can grieve a companion animal as well. I think in some ways, I was, I was thinking about it, and it's like, is it there their innocence, their devotion, our devotion to them. Like, what is it that makes that bond so tight? Uh, we've actually talked about it quite a few times on the podcast in regards to why um, a lot of times, especially through personal experience, uh, companion animal losses is, is actually been deeper for me than it was with humans. And I think that there is a huge component of the fact that they're so innocent. They are, um, you know, they unconditionally love you. Majority of companion animals just love, you know, their parents or, you know, their owners um, unconditionally. And I think it gives like a sense of um, you can be yourself with them. You can give them your all. And then when something that you literally give your whole heart to, you know, passes away, it, it's a very um, hard and difficult, you know, thing to navigate really hard. And then there's the complexity of that. It, most often, not always, but most often it seems we euthanize animals, right? So there mm -hmm. is also this responsibility of feeling like I chose the time of their death. I can only think of one friend who I've spoken with. Well, no, two. Um, one friend whose dog died very suddenly, kind of had a mm -hmm. seizure and just died right with her. And another friend whose dog kind of went through a slow decline and and in the final hour, she just decided to let him be. But those are the only two I can think of. Most often, it's the human saying the suffering has gotten too great. It's time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's we always say it's like 
the most most rewarding relationship we will ever have and the hardest because like you said a lot of times you have to make that decision as their you know their guardian to to you know end their life and and there's something internally that you feel that you know you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to that's not supposed to be in your hands. That's not supposed to be something that you make that decision. But, you know, you have this being that you love with your whole heart and then you have to make that decision to, um, you know, end their suffering because it's like the, you know, saddest and also greatest gift that you could give them. Right, right. One of my dogs had a, a terrible uh, kind of a bone cancer that was that was really difficult. And I remember you know, waiting for the moment of like, well, when is the moment to call the vet? And and then it was so clear, you know, after a really hard night and difficulty breathing, it was time. And I remember our two dogs at the time, they, they weren't especially physically close together. Like they didn't often lay together. And we went out in the yard and we laid this, um, you know, dog who was suffering on a blanket in the backyard. And our other dog came right over and laid down right tail to tail with this dog. And we thought, oh man, this is so amazing. And it, it was really, it was really stunning and also just hard, such a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's extremely difficult. And animals have such a knack for knowing what's going on in the moment. You know, like they just know when something is wrong, whether it's wrong with you, whether it's wrong with their other, you know, sibling or their family member, and they just know. And then, you know, they're so selfless because then they try to, you know, make it better for everybody. Right, right. And I always feel that thing too of how cats and dogs, they just don't quite live long enough. You know, Mm -hmm. we just, we just get to where we love them so, and then their time here is done. What, what do you feel like like what does help people through it? I mean, part of what you said is grieving, like fully allowing yourself to grieve. And yet that kind of bumps against people being like, well, it was just a dog. It was just a cat. It was just a rabbit. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what that, you know, that was one of the big, biggest reasons why we started the podcast is because we never had people there to be like, hey, man, we understand, we get what you're going through, and it's normal. You know, I always felt like such a weirdo that I was feeling the way I was feeling. And for so long, I I was in the grieving process for 11 years of, you know, grieving our first loss. And and it was hard because I would get that. I would get people saying, you know, well, they don't have souls or, you know, they're just a dog or they're just a cat. And, and a lot of times, like, in, in these situations, there are kids, there are, you know, siblings, there are family members. And so it's really hard to hear, like, it's very devaluing when you hear someone say, like, ah, it's just a dog, you're fine. Because not to us, you know, not to us. <laughs> right. I think if you, you've had a companion animal that you've really opened yourself to and really hung out with and um, trained and spent time with, they, there is this bond that's just really strong. And when mm-hmm. that comes to an end, it's tough. Absolutely. What do you think we can do for friends who are grieving? I'm, I'm thinking like, I try to make a point of writing a note when friends lose an animal, when a mm-hmm. animal dies, because I, I know that that's meaningful. And, and I've had a couple of people just be shocked that I did that. You know, like, oh, thank you so much. I, oh, that meant so much to me. And I think, well, gosh, did nobody else do that? <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of times nobody else does. I mean, unless you're in this community where you um, 
hang out with like-minded people, which is, it's hard. It's hard to find people that are, you know, very like-minded and animal, animal-centric people that society tends to just be like, oh, they're fine. You know, you lose a family member that's a human family member. People tend to send condolences with flowers. They show up to the funeral, like whatever, you know, whatever you have going on for that specific ritual of, you know, them passing away. But with with animals, it's everything's very like you don't have a funeral for them. You don't have a memorial. You don't have anything like that. So my biggest advice to people when they know somebody that is going through companion animal loss is exactly what you said. Send them a quick note. Call them. Let them know that you're here for them, that you understand. If you need to talk, I'm here. Um, a lot of times people just want to talk about them. They just want to, you know, get it out that what great, you know, companion animals they were and the time that they had with them. And just being there in any capacity that makes you comfortable and makes them comfortable is usually what's best. Yeah, it's huge. What what kind of rituals do you see? Um, there we actually have heard a lot. Um, there has been uh people that do do memorials. Um, there has been specifically churches that I know that will do one day where it's, it's literally a funeral for, you know, everybody that comes that wants to grieve a companion animal that has lost, you know, been lost throughout the year. And they'll do like a funeral type of thing. Um, memorial gardens, uh, a lot of people actually that we've interviewed on our podcast, um, ritualistically will start, um, you know, writing a book about their companion animal or maybe making art that you know ties back to their companion animal or in my case I actually started a business um when we lost our companion animal to like you know get her name out there and get people talking and knowing her story say more about that that origin story of your podcast yeah. Um, so I actually started, uh, it was called Athena's Puppy Cakes and it was a, it's a, it's still around. It's a bakery for um, companion animals, specifically dogs, where we make cakes and cupcakes um, that are all natural human grade. And I started it out of the loss of losing Athena, who was um, seven months old when she passed away. And so we, you know, I started Athena's Puppy Cakes and it, it actually morphed into this kind of crazy thing where I started meeting a bunch of rescue people and animal people that were, you know, kind of like-minded people. And then that's when I met my um, co-host who I used to have on the show, who is a director and a CEO of uh, Rescue. And um, she, uh, we started uh, Rainbow Birch Connection because of seeing um, the huge, you know, the huge disparity that people have with loss of a human and loss of companion animals. And so that's how it all started. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. So it really was Athena, it really was your dog that kind of compelled you forward into this. 100%. I love that you took something that was a loss and then found a creative way to move it forward. And I, I think, you know, on a smaller scale, that's what I think rituals can do, you know, mm -hmm. when you find, and I, I feel like people might think that sounds crazy to have like a funeral for a dog or, you know, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess at the smallest level to me, it has to do with marking it in some way, mm -hmm. whether that's just me and my immediate family marking it in some way. I remember with some of my um, parents' dogs, we would um, put their name on a stone and then go take the, um, 
cremated remains and bury them and put the stone over it. And that felt like just this moment of acknowledging the joy that that dog had brought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of times people just want acknowledgement that their life mattered, you know, like uh, that the companion animal's life mattered to show them they appreciate the time that they spent with them and to know that other people or maybe even just family members acknowledge the bond that they had with that companion animal. So I think a lot of times it doesn't matter what you do. You can do whatever in your own way, but as long as you can kind of get that ritual out, it will help in the grief process. Yeah. So kind of trusting that, trusting that you need to grieve, Mm -hmm. finding people you can do that with creating whatever that means to you, ritual around marking this huge change And I think about trying not to be isolated in the grief. Um, Mm -hmm. As you said, it's sort of easy to be isolated in the grief, but that's, I feel like grief is isolating by virtue of how it is. And yet when we can reach out through it to people who can support us, that creates a bridge, just what your Mm -hmm. podcast is called. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. We always say it's the worst, but best club to be a part of. So true. So true. Do you ever talk with people who have larger animals? I know a couple of people who are very involved with horses and that's like a whole different scale of animal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we've, we, we cover all companion animals. So we've had chinchillas, lizards, horses, whatever. It doesn't matter. Companion animals. I, to me, it's the bond you have with them. That's important. Not what they were. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Say more, do you know the origin of the Rainbow Bridge kind of poem and phrase? Yeah, yeah. Um, I <laughs> This is actually hilarious because it totally goes off of like, um, I don't really like Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> so the book is... Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of the Rainbow Bridge because it's basically stating that animals go to a different place. If if there is an afterlife that they go to a different place versus humans. And I kind of don't like, I think we're, you know, not to get too much into it, but I think that it's not really like separate or whatever, if there is anything, but um, the original poem was basically um, just, just that it, it's a, it's a specific heaven for companion animals um, to go to um, that, you know, and it kind of morphed where it, it started out like it's the place that they go to and they hang out with all the other companion animals. And then it's kind of morphed now into a place that they hang out and they wait for you. Yes, that's the one I was just kind of trying to dig around and try to mm-hmm. find that because that's the one that I remember reading that they're mm-hmm. hanging out waiting until you appear mm-hmm. and then you cross the rainbow bridge together or they've crossed it before. Yeah. As you said, it has to do with an afterlife. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's funny. So that's kind of been the name of the podcast, but you don't necessarily resonate with that story yourself. Yeah, not not so much necessarily. My co-host was very, she's very into the Rainbow Bridge poem, Rainbow Bridge connection, everything that kind of way. I, I do, don't get me wrong. I still think it's beautiful, but my personal beliefs are not like they're hanging out by themselves type of thing, hopefully. Hopefully not. So (laughs) they're hanging out waiting. You know, I did have the experience. This is kind of interesting. I trained with the Conscious Dying Institute. And one of the visualizations we did had to do with kind of lying and imagining that you were on your deathbed and who was around you. And I think the who was around you, my my 
brain or whatever took it to be not just living people, but also a couple beings from the other side. And one of them was one of my first dogs. And I was quite surprised to be in this sort of guided meditation and have this dog show up. And mm-hmm. I was like, Joni, what are you doing here? You know? Yeah. It was, it was really, that was kind of interesting to me. Whatever, whatever our beliefs are, these, these animal beings and companions are really in our psyches, aren't they? Oh, a hundred percent. And I feel like they have such strong like energies that like, how can we not you know, like, how can we not have them there and have them around? Yeah. I also keep thinking of a friend of mine who has a very beloved dog who's getting older and older. And I just, my heart just breaks for thinking of his eventual end and what that will be like for my friends. So again, I go back to giving people information, letting them know it's okay to grieve that for some people, it is deeper, different, bigger grieving, even than for a human friend. Mm-hmm. And, and getting information, reaching. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. What have been some of your top podcast topics that have been your favorites? Um, you know, to be honest with you, it's funny you brought it up. One of my favorite like episodes is with Gabby. So we had her on the show twice. She was on our very first episode we ever did, um, with in an interview. And then she was on our second year, very first, like, season opener and those have always been my favorite because she gives such like a broad perspective to um death and dying and you know her being a you know in hospice and everything like that like she's always like she kind of can give you like a a bigger picture of everything yeah and you can apply it to both she comes from that like 35,000 foot view of like Mm -hmm. what does this mean and then she's also very much about the details that are so beautiful Absolutely. So applying that and then applying it to um, like the companion animal piece just takes it to a different level. Oh, 100%. What about some of the authors or books you recommend? Um, so I actually just interviewed a uh, author who wrote a book about her, her, her um, entire experience with uh, death and dying when it comes to her companion animal. And her name is Lisa Rimmert and her book is called Stay. And her book is fantastic. It She's kind of, um, she's a comedian as well. So she kind of puts like a little bit of a funny spin on it. And I think sometimes with grief, you kind of need that. You need that little break of yeah. not being so serious all the time. And so, yeah, she was fantastic. Um, I would say her book was really great. I to, love it. To take a peek at. That seems like a great one. Gosh, another favorite dog book of mine was um, not about, um, death per se, but um, Gary Paulson, who's a, a mostly a young adult author, but he wrote a book about having the desire to be a dog musher. He decided he would run the Iditarod mm-hmm. and his, his stories about starting to train this group of dogs that he got and getting into relationship with these dogs is just hilarious, you know, because it, it's so much more involved than he initially thinks, you know, he's right. like, well, I'll hook up the dogs and hop on the sled and off we go. And but there's balance and there's um, com- the the connection between the person and the dogs that's so critical. And uh, it's it's a really funny one. I'm spacing the name of it, but Gary Paulson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I'll have to check it out for sure. I'll have to look. I was going to go check it out, but you can hear me typing, so. <laughs> <laughs> type, 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 type. I, I think there are so many uh, more connections between, understood between people and animals in the last sort of 20 years. Like, I feel like before that, the attitude was kind of, you know, that they didn't have that much intelligence and they weren't 
um, they, they didn't have the same kind of spirit that humans have or souls, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Do you, do you feel like that's changed? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the more we understand about them, the more we kind of change like you know when I was younger animals were pets that was it that that was the baseline they were pets they weren't really I mean they're family members but not really now I feel like it's shifted where people are seeing them more you know um as family members as people that you know as beings in your household that you share space with not that you're an owner of Um, And I I agree with you. I think it's changed within the last 20 years. And it's I think we have a better understanding of, you know, the way that their brains work and um, kind of a better understanding about maybe us and like the universe where just because they like just because animals hear process and see things differently than humans doesn't mean they're any less than humans are. Beautiful. Yeah. They're just, they're just different. Well, where, how can people listen to your podcast? Uh, yeah. So you can find us on all major podcast sites. We're on Spotify, um, Apple podcast. I always, think, I always want to say iTunes. I don't know. Apple podcasts and um, iHeart podcast, all, all of the major podcasting sites. And then we also do have a website where you can go check out the links and everything. And we have resources on that website as well. And that's um, rainbowbridgeconnectionpodcast.com. Fabulous. I love that you have that because I think people do take in information in different ways, you know, and some people love to listen to a podcast. Some people love watching a video or a YouTube and other people like to browse on a website. Other people like to read a book, you know? Mm -hmm. So I always say to people like, what's the way you take in information and then taking some information to educate right. yourself, maybe before this loss happens, just to kind of prepare your heart. Absolutely. Yep. We actually have an episode about um, doing like preemptively <laughs> looking at stuff before, uh, you know, so that you're not like, it doesn't hit you like a ton of bricks. <laughs> Beautiful. What what kinds of things come up on that? Um, you know, a lot of times it's an, like you said, it's inevitable that we understand, you know, with humans, they can pass away at any time in your lifetime, but for companion animals, you know, you know that you're going to have to say goodbye. And so there's anticipatory grief that comes with that, where you can, you're anticipatory grieving the loss of them and they're not even gone. And so we've done a couple episodes on anticipatory grief, kind of how to navigate anticipatory grief and um, how to, you know, kind of prepare yourself for the end. Yeah, that's good. So it isn't quite such a um, blind side. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. not so shocking, which which I think is a great metaphor for all the conversations I'm trying to bring, right? How do we how do we not be blindsided by mortality of ourselves, of those we love? And that includes our animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Kayla, for joining me. This has been great. Yeah. Any final course. words? Um. No, I think you did great. And I appreciate you so much for coming on or coming on. Can you tell I do a podcast? (laughs) I can. I love your podcast already. And I haven't even heard it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And I really, really appreciate you reaching out. Absolutely. It's been great. Again, you can find out more about Kayla's work at Rainbow Bridge Connection Podcast. Dot com, and you can find out more about the work I do at bestlifebestdeath.com. Have a great day and whatever your animal is in your life, may you hug it up today. 
Thank you.